0: Welcome to the Plastics Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as ET. Welcome, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? It was a mixture of results last week. Poor-performing players and few ceiling players got off. What did you, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I, I had a shocker. One of my worst weeks of the round. So, um, yeah, hard hard pill to swallow. And I The problem with the rolling lockout is I tried to get creative and chase down, and it... Um, It didn't end badly, but it didn't gain me any ground.
0: There are certainly plenty of opportunities to use the rolling lockout uh, for captain selections and actually trade, so that's something to keep an eye on for the remainder of the season, that's for sure. So we've got a big podcast ahead here, so let's get straight into it, Jep. So as always, if you retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter, you go in with a chance of winning a plus-six podcast cap, and we'll give a few more away throughout the remainder of the season. Uh, AFL Ratings Twitter account, so plenty of content on there for your fantasy team. All I ask in return for the content are likes and retweets, and additionally, aflratings.com.au. Remember, this podcast is focused on AFL Fantasy Classic overall ranking, which is important to note. We are recording this podcast on Tuesday night, July 27. Make necessary adjustments when news comes to hand, as always. Yep, let's get into it. General questions. Injuries once again impact the scores from round 19. And trades leading into round 20, that will be the same. Key trades will be decisive. Those include Scott Pendlebury, which will be one that needs to be traded out with a fractured league. And the other one which we're going to talk a little bit about here is Sean Darcy. He struggled on the weekend again with his knee concern. Um, It's likely there's a clock ticking on his season. What do you think about Sean Darcy?
1: Yeah, I think it's a trade. He, he was a lot of time up forward, and now that Fife's wrapped up for the rest of the season, I think it's just a, a scoring risk and a, a laid-out risk. So you definitely look to trade him if you can.
0: Yeah, maybe just buying time, I think, for the remainder of his season. Once Fremantle are out of finals contention, i got to think that he's a big chance to be shelved. So really just monitor that if you've got Sean Darcy there. Uh, Captain selections, jet are critical at this time of the year. What is your current process throughout the week?
1: So for me, I identify the vice captain loopholes and and the potential um, bench players to loop and win. And then lately, I've well most of the season, I've just had this rule where I don't take any lesser 120 from a VC, and I look at the favourable matchups um, from there, that point onwards, and and I roll with it. And sometimes, look, it doesn't work. I, I can't. Choose a captain to save my life at the moment with Grundy last week and um, or two weeks ago and now Merritt uh, last round so yeah not great
0: yeah first I I'll look at uh, Brody Grundy straight up his matchup for the week so if he's got an ideal matchup I pretty much want to go in with him as a BC if he's uh, first up in the early games or even bank him at the end with a, a C. Uh, The next is I look at individual midfield matchups and to see if they've got any soft matchups in between them. Uh, For me, I also identify if there's potential tags on any of those players. Uh, The next one I'm really looking at uh, for the last few weeks and I've used him quite a bit is Aaron Hall. So I just check out the Kangaroo's opponent for the week. If it's strong and they're likely to concede a fair amount of inside 50s, I'm actually targeting him as a VC once again if it's an early game and even banking him uh, and not accepting a like a 110 or 115, 120, and just banking on him for the C. So, um, but Hobart's a little bit of a different option they play down there this week against Geelong. So Geelong is a strong opponent, so luckily to um, have plenty inside 50s. But yeah, I would look at the record for Hall at Hobart before I consider him for this week. All right, Jeff, on to the next one. What key moves can be made over the final four rounds of the season? What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, it's extreme points of difference now to gain the ground. So trading in someone with low ownership, Toby Green comes to mind, uh, Tom Hawkins is a real left-field pick, Ben Cunnington dominating and not many own him. Um, also just trading out um, highly owned players like Gorn and Grundy as examples. Just when you pull those triggers is, is, you know, is critical and, and it's a risk and a risk that can pay off or backfire.
0: Yeah, for me, it's it's actually scanning your entire team and looking for that one matchup that could be poor. So if you've got a player that could be tagged, and uh, let me just mention like a Tim Taranto, for example, or even just a Tom Mitchell coming into this week, potentially. You know, look at... You know, does that opposition team tag? So is can Mitchell score 80, therefore that you can trade, flip him, potentially trade in a a player that's going to hit his ceiling game with a soft matchup. So matchups are critical for me, Our tags again, and potential tags with ownership, especially with ownership, should be identified. Identifying soft matchups for trade targets, that's for sure. So when you're looking to bring a player in, make sure you bring him in on a soft matchup and removing the potential riskier type scoring players in your team. So it's time to remove the safety switch, chip, Make trade selections with a clear thought process. Understand where ownership will be headed each week. So that's really important. So as much as one player looks to be low-owned this week, you know, and one one player to sort of we can factor in here Scott Pendlebury. Like he's highly owned from pretty much highly ranked coaches, right? So... You know, Pendleby's going to be traded to someone. So you really got to factor in who that's going to be. Now, if you can put any holes in that potential high target, I would completely avoid. So one of those ones for Pendle's this week is Rowan Marshall. So I would actually sort of, we've got him mentioned in a couple of um, areas of this podcast, but that's one player that I'd really sort of might take him on and go, right. Uh, there's potential for a low score here. So I might just take him on and completely avoid him for this week especially. um, And trade next, obviously, as the next one. All right, Jeb, we're going to get on to some ownership. So round 19, top 25 ownership. Gorn 100%, Grundy 92%. All but two teams, Jep, in the top 25 have the Gorn and Grundy combination. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, this is where you pull a lever, don't you? I mean, trading Gorn, are you going to... Lose much and go real different. Go look at Goldie's matchups. Riley O'Brien finished strong in his game. Nankervis mm. um, is probably another one. So, but he's coming back from injury. So, it, yeah, it's it's a the moment you pull the lever. Um, if Darcy was fully fit, then you would definitely mm. play with it. Yeah. Um, it might not be this week, but it's definitely thought.
0: Yeah, so Darcy is at 4%, so just one coach in the top 25 is R2. But he is 44% owned in the top 25, so most uh, coaches have him as a forward. And Raleigh O'Brien is the other at 4%, so just one coach there. Okay, Jeff. so on to defenders. So Rory Lear at 100%, Aaron Hall 92%, Tom Stewart 56%. And the one player that did see an ownership spike last week was Jake Lloyd, Uh, Obviously, after his pretty decent score, so he jumped 28% now up to 56% in the top 25 thoughts. Jip.
1: Yeah, so the Mills to Lloyd trade probably was uh, was hot there, and that's interesting.
0: Okay, so other defenders there. So Isaac coming, a very solid year again. Um, outstanding for those who have held him from round one all the way on. So he's still getting reward right now. Uh, 36%. So Callum Mills is still owned by 32%. So interesting that a fair few coaches decided to hang on to Mills. Thoughts there, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I think that was the right move. Um, you know, a week or two off can do wonders for a player that's had a long year like Mills has. Yeah, and that's, that's the type of thing. He wasn't
0: injured. He was out for COVID protocol, so it wasn't coming off a concussion week, could put up some concerns for a low score the, the week of return, and it wasn't an injury. So he's right to go. He should be good this week. Okay, Jack Crisp, 36%. Jaden Short, 32%. Jordan Middley 28%. Lockie Whitfield, 28%. So a few coaches in that top 25, Jeff, they traded... Whitfield in straight away, and he um, paid off with a pretty decent score jet.
1: Yeah, so Mules to Whitfield as well, that would have been a common trade. The other one, Jack Crisp now with no Pendlebury. So, yeah, there's a couple of options.
0: Uh, Jack Bowes, 20%, and Jack Zeeble are still live. But, you know, if the Kangaroos are improving, improving, that means that they're not really consenting inside 50. So it's really interesting. Remember what we talked about earlier in the season when Zeeble was like that 8 30 8, k range or whatever he was, that, you know, are people going to target him? Because he was putting up monster ceiling scores. But since then, the Kangaroos have improved, and his scores have s- slightly flattened out a bit, Jep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's one of those things again, I wouldn't be touching Zeeble at this time of the year, personally, awesome. just from age and early-season early, uh, early season, uh,
0: cotton wool. OK, Jep, we're going to get on to the midfielders now. So, Zach Merritt, 96%, Tom Mitchell, 96%, Tim Taranto, 92%, Jack McRae, 84%. So, interesting there, not even 100% for McRae. Sam Walsh, 80%. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, Taranto and Merritt didn't... Uh, Live up to expectations, but you know, you're know not going to trade him, are you? So it's a, it's a hold for
0: now. Darcy Parrish, 48%. Clayton Oliver, 40%. So he was a bit of a target last week, mm-hmm. Jeff, as well. 32% for Taylor Adams. Had a little bit of a knee concern and did get a poke in the eye there. So uh, Collingwood have come out and said it is okay for this week. So I assume that knee is also okay. Lockie Neal, 32%. Ollie Wines, 28%. Jack Steele, 24%. Took Miller, 16%. Andrew Brayshaw, 16%. Tim Kelly, 12%. Your thoughts on any of those?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a good mix, isn't there? So there's a lot of variables for those top coaches to still gain ground. Um and this is the time of year where I'm not afraid to spend up. It's it's really just targeting matchups now. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, Steele and Miller are
0: way too low owned there for me. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and that's where you just pay up, and you, not only do you get a point of difference, you get a, a, another VC or captain option. And you can pretty much guarantee there's a three biggest score for the last four rounds. Onto some
0: other low-owned midfielders there. So Brad Crouch, 8%. Marcus Bontempelli, 8%. Jared Lyons, 8%. Bailey Smith, 8%. Andrew Gaff, who's now back in the frame there, 8%. Cam Guthrie, who I think should be a monster target this week at 8%. Christian Petrarca, right there as well, at 4%. Jep?
1: Yeah, I love Guthrie too. Um, can't complain with any of that.
0: Onto the forwards, Jep. Josh Kelly, 100%. Jordan Goey 96%. Now we. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield, 84%. Now, the one we talked about is Scott Pendlebury, so 80%. So you've got to imagine that top, you know, well, we've got the top 25 numbers, top 100, top 500, top 1000. Uh, you know, that people are going to have to go somewhere. So who are they going to? My thought is it could be Rowan Marshall. So it's just something to think about if you can put any holes in that trade whatsoever. Uh, Lockie Hunter at 68%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeff?
1: Uh, so all, all those percentages, um, Makes sense at this time of year, and yeah, the pen will be variable now. It makes the game interesting.
0: And just the other one there is uh, who I think will be a target as well, is Dane Zorko at 20% chip.
1: Yeah, I, I think he should be a target too. Um, Zorko's lowly owned, Isaac Smith's the other one.
0: Okay, just on to some thoughts. Now, What, who are your top five trade targets for round 20, assuming you don't own any?
1: So for me, it's Jack Steele again. Um, saw him in the flesh against West Coast last week here in Perth. Really, really impressive. Clayton Oliver, number two. Jack Crisp with no Pendlebury at three. Uh, Josh Dunkley at four. Um, Another one coming off his COVID protocol. Mm. And then Ben Cunnington is a bit of a different one. Um, Just love what he's doing um, for North Melbourne in that engine room. So he's my fifth. He's had a monster season. Okay. Yeah. On to my top
0: five there. So uh, Jack Steele, Tuke Miller, just way too low on there for me. Uh, Dane Zorko gives you that option as a forward option this week uh, for me. So I think he is at number three. It's pretty decent. And Marcus Bontempelli, low on there as well. It's just. Like he's having just an outstanding season, so again lower own. That's one player I would target, and Cam Guthrie is the other one there. I think he will be target uh, this week. So and the Kangaroos, you know, they shut down Walsh, so you've got to be, you know, maybe have a think about that as well. But I still think to finish off the season, I really, really like Cam Guthrie.
1: Yeah, me too. I think he's a big target, um, especially with Geelong probably playing a bit safer. Um, and holding the ball a little more. And he loves a plus six coming um, from defence to midfield. So, yeah, lots of luck.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go through some notable low break evens here. So I'm going to zip through the group and we're going to talk about a couple each. So Max Lynch, Sam Durham, Oliver Henry, Trey Rusko, Nick Bryan, Conor West, Kieran Briggs, Jeremy Sharp. So Sharp's been outstanding and quite a few coaches I can see are actually fielding Sharp there as well. So that's that's great. Now, Kieran Briggs is out of COVID protocol. So you've got to think he's going to see a couple of opportunities to finish out the season. Conor West's role is still there, so I still like him. Trey Rusko is actually, his role off back for Colonial has actually been really good. However, However, Collingwood do have a stack of players coming back into that team this week. so But still, I really like his role, and I, I reckon Robert Harvey may, probably maintains that role, because he gave some run and dash off that back line for the Maypies, Jip.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's been great in that role change, um, and there's no reason why Collingwood wouldn't still run with it.
0: Okay, so we're going to talk about other players to consider. So we've got 100 players here, Jip, so let's get straight stuck into it. Okay, so Jack Steele, love in 949k. I think it's time to pay up.
1: Absolutely agree.
0: Took Miller same boat, 939k. I'm paying up for that.
1: No brainer again.
0: Maybe with Ollie Wines at 885, I would find the extra money to pay up to Steele and Miller, but I still like Jeff. Yeah.
1: yeah, I agree with what you just said. Steele and Miller at the first primary two targets, and then Wines
0: would be the third. Tom Mitchell wholly owned. I think most people uh, should own him and still own him. 883k, so no no problems there to finish off the year, and he's in some fine form yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but if you don't own him, I, I'd actually avoid Titch. Um, for, again, Hawthorne, bottom of the ladder, he might get wrapped in cotton wool a bit early with a niggle or two. Um, it's, given his high ownership, it's best to avoid. Yeah, Hawks didn't uh, go to Rory Lee last week, and he put up a monster
0: score, so eight fifty-seven k He's wholly owned anyway, Jip.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone in the top thousand wouldn't have led. so um yeah he's had a great year
0: christian Petrarca a low own quite unique option i like it there he's at 851k
1: yeah i like it too especially now melbourne are a bit uh, shaky with the top four so um and top two for that matter so they've got a lot to play for still sam Walsh,
0: interesting you know he puts up those months a few weeks and then he gets targeted by the kangaroos so is it still one
1: and i'll go back to what i said a few weeks ago is it one to jump off now it's funny, he just he's struggling to, well, learning to play with the tag, not struggling. So, yeah, it's again key moves of the season, trade out the highly owned players, and Walsh should come under that category for sure. Zach, Zach Merritt, no issues, although he was well covered la-
0: last week. I still think he is solid in that SN team, and especially in your fantasy team chip, eight thirty-nine k.
1: He's one I'm actually considering a trading this week. Didn't like the dynamic with Shield, and again. No time to four weeks left, no time to muck around. Let's uh let's make some waves. Marcus and Pally Low and Jep eight eight thirty six K, I like it. Yeah, I do too, except Schoenberg might go to him this week against Adelaide, so just keep an eye on that.
0: Yeah, Schoenberg saw I listened to his interview on the radio uh today, I think it was, and yeah, he wasn't too sure that he was going to the point, that's for sure. Anyway, so Jared Lyons, high selling type player, eight twenty seven K, unique option, Jeb, I like it.
1: Yeah, me too. this time of year, definitely.
0: Kangaroos at Aaron Hall now, 820k. So if they can concede a lot of uh, inside 50s, which they haven't done recently, um, he can put up some monster scores and still a captain and vice-captain option, that's for sure, Jeff.
1: Oh, yeah, he just keeps on keeping on. I was nervous when I traded him in, what, 10 weeks ago now, and um, he's just exceeded expectations. Interesting,
0: the Giants uh, held down Merritt and Parish last week, and the Bombers do face the Swans this week. So interesting, you know, Hewitt is in there, is going to go to someone. So, yeah, Darcy Parrish, man, he's all of a sudden could be a bit of an issue, 8.15K.
1: Yeah, he again, so it's a bit of a flip of the coin between Merritt and Parish, and if you've got a luxury trade, i and you're trying to gain ground, I'd definitely look at trading one of those players. Josh Dunkley, monster
0: injury this year, came back for one week, had another rest, which was, in the end, I don't think it was that bad a thing. So he's going to be super fresh, but he has missed a stack of the season, Jep. But zero ownership, 8-11k, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, Look, I like the matchup this week. I think he'll be ready to go and get ready for the back half of the season and the postseason. So I'm trying to turn Pendlebury into uh, Dunkley.
0: Yeah, if you really want to swing for the fences, Dunkley could be your option, but you know are we gonna see those ceiling games straight off the bat? That's my concern. Alright, Ben Keys. So he he does have a ceiling for the Crows, has had that hand injury, which has been taped up and wearing a glove. 805k, unique or like it, Chip.
1: Uh yeah, I don't mind it. There's probably a b-
0: better options than Keys though. Jack McCrae, highly owned, I don't think there's any issues. There, eight oh three K, Chip. No, he'll keep on keeping on for sure. Callum Mills, back after COVID protocols, 799k, going to be fresh. I like it and especially like it trading in this week before the pack, Jeff.
1: Yeah, and I held him. Um, So looking forward to uh, getting rewarded for holding it, hopefully. Scott Penderby goes out of that forward line as an option for fantasy
0: coaches. Now, Dane Zorko, if you can get up to him, I think he should be a target, 795k. I think it's a like, Jeff.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree there. 7.93
0: 7.93 for Tim Taranto. I still like it, and he's obviously getting a lot of ball through that midfield for the Giants. I still like it.
1: Well, yeah, the low centre bounces. Again, if you want to pull the lever and be different, um, the high ownership of, of Tim Taranto and trading in could be an option, but I'd probably go Merritt or Darcy Parrish first if you're going to be a bit extreme. Now, that five goes
0: down. He's out for the season now. Andrew Brayshaw really needs to be in the frame here, I believe. 7.88 k
1: yeah, love it, love it. It's um, it's a very good pick, and um, I've tried to get him in all year. He's been on my watch list for for most of the year, so there's
0: a lot to like. Brody Grundy, seven seven K. I'm not trading out Grundy. He provides a vice captain and a captain option chip.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not trading out Grundy this week. But if hopefully I get through this round unscathed with injury, uh, I think it's I'm going to start getting creative. Max Gorn had a stack of hitouts in a highly contested game against the Bulldogs
0: in round 19. So 776k, 7, 7, no one will make a move off Gorn, I would think this week after his pretty decent score. But you've got to understand it was a highly contested game, which meant repetitive ball up. So you know, if you're going to make a move, maybe it's this week. But yeah, I still like Gorn, but you know, if you're looking to really swing for the fences, maybe.
1: Yeah, it's a luxury trade, isn't it? And, and it comes back to what we've been saying, dare to be different.
0: Josh Kelly comes off the ankle injury, and he actually looked okay. The Giants were really confident he was going to play last week, 7-7, seven, 6K. Seven, um, most coaches, top-ranked coaches, did hold you.
1: Yeah, interesting one, because I, I was diff, different and traded him out just to uh, be, uh, try gaining some ground. It didn't, didn't hurt me, but, um, yeah, he was he still looked fit and, and fully running and a lot of centre bounces, so it's a strong
0: hold. Yeah, Clayton Oliver last week was the target. Um, I still think he should be your target, 7.75K, Jep, I still like him.
1: Yeah, proud owner over here and um, really endorse him. He's a great player. Jai Simpkins, still getting it done in
0: that Kangaroos midfield. He's definitely a ball winner, 7.75K, Jep, I like.
1: Oh, it's just underrated. How, How do we underrate a guy like this like Simpkin. So, He's still yeah, going. Yeah, and there's your point of difference, mate. I'd, I'll show you my notes one day. He's on for next year, I reckon. He, uh, It's just the dynamics of Jed Anderson that scared me off this season. But, um, yeah, he keeps keeping on. Ben Cunnington, super solid year from him, 775K as well.
0: I like it, but I'd prefer to go to Simpkin.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I think um, there's a few in that top 100 that have Cunnington, um, and I bet there wouldn't be one that has Sinkin.
0: Taylor Adams now. I wouldn't really target Adams with his knee and turn their jeep 768k. Yeah, agreed. Carl Amon. He's very much a unique option. Does have a ceiling 761k.
1: Yeah, no, nah, not for me. I think there are better options out there than Amon. He can sting you.
0: Cam Guthrie, now the Cats are going to zip up these plus sixes left, right and centre to finish off the year just to manage out their list, 754k. I think he should be a monster target, Jeff.
1: Yeah, he's a target for me this week for sure.
0: Jack Crisp, now he did spend a lot of time in D50 for the Magpies and that was with a lot of players out for the Pies now. Scott Penderbury goes out with a uh, season-ending injury. You've got to imagine with those players coming back for the Magpies that Crisp could be back in that midfield. However... D50 or midfield doesn't matter for me. I still like the peak 750k jet.
1: Yeah, I, I've been an owner for a long time this season, and um, I endorse him highly.
0: Luke Parker definitely unique 748k jet. I still like him.
1: Nah, I'm gonna go against Parker. Uh, just can stink it up.
0: Jed Anderson. He's had a long period off for the remainder of this uh, for this season. 745k. Totally avoiding for me.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Sean Darcy, Negan soon. I think you've got to get make the move and get him out as soon as possible. I would imagine you would agree, Jep, 744k.
1: Yeah, 1,000%. I'm looking to trade him out this week.
0: Chris Main, 730k. should go back at a halfback roll for the make price. I don't mind it, but, you know, I, there are probably other better options around that same price range.
1: Yeah, it's different, um, and now's the time to, to do it. it. It could really sting you, though, because if... If he doesn't go back into that backline role, um, trouble with yeah, big trouble. Patrick
0: Dangerfield, uh, big target at recent week, 729k. I like it, but I would avoid because of ownership, Chip.
1: Yeah, agreed. He, um, he gets it done, and then in that last quarter, he, um, he sits half his time on the bench because Geelong and dominating.
0: I've locked Luke Dunstan for a while, tough matchup last week, 7.26K. Uh, There'll be no one targeting Dunstan this week. I think he can score, but, you know, he's quite volatile, Jep, so maybe it's a no for me.
1: Yeah, if you're going to be that extreme, go Sink and then
0: instead of Dunstan. The other one that should be a target is Braden Fiorini. Wow, what a score last week. And I think that role is solid for the remainder of the season because of the injuries the Gold Coast have. So me, uh, if it's not Cam Guthrie, I think Fiorini should be a target again this week, 7.24K, still value at that price for me.
1: Yeah, agreed. And you know, it's funny; his his time on ground was still in the low 70s, yeah, so it, it's just
0: insane. His scoring rate right is just through the roof. So if he can have any part of that to finish off the season, he's going to you. You could even put him as a vice captain option. He's that good at fantasy. Anyway, Lockie Neal, jet we're going to 723k, has had his injury concerns this year. I like I like him to finish out the year, but you know, I don't think I can sort of uh, encourage as a trade target because potential that he's had, you know, had those injuries for this year. So maybe it's just an avoid on Neil to finish the season. Yeah,
1: it is an avoid because imagine if he has a week off just to freshen up before, or two-week fresh up before finals. Mm. So I'm just wary of that, and that's why I won't go
0: in. Shannon Hearn, you're made at the Eagles. jeb 300th game this week, 719k. Now he can score. I like it.
1: Yeah, oh, look, I don't mind it. He uh, missed the humble pie, and he just... He played really well against St Kilda, lots of instant marks, and they just just looked to him a lot more, I've noticed, in the last month. So, yeah, definitely worth a shout. You've got to imagine Jordan DeCoe, is just going to fill up his boost to finish out
0: this season for Collingwood. 7.16k, Jep, I really love this, Pete.
1: Yeah, me too. He's hungry for the footy, and um, I was watching him closely on the weekend, and he, he kind of got annoyed when he didn't get the yeah. uh, handball received. So yeah. he's definitely a man on a mission. He's commanding
0: that ball through that midfield, which is mm. great. OK, Paul, and again, with Pendlebury out, man, there are going to be people that are going to command the ball. Um, yep. And that's your, Adams is your in-and-under type player, and Goey is that outside sort of accumulator now. So I think he could put up some ceiling games to finish the season. OK, Paul Seedsman, no ownership there. $715K does, does have a pretty decent ceiling, a little bit of volatility in there. I don't mind it, but there are probably better options around that price. Yeah, way better options. Brad Crouch, highly volatile right now, 711 I'd probably look at other options, Jip. Agreed. Lockie Whitfield. Now, out for the week, comes back in, puts up a pretty decent score. I think if you don't have him, you'd need to target him back in. Busy is a oh, high-ceiling type player, 710 k Jip.
1: Yeah, you just have to. He um, he did as well as we would have expected against Essendon with lots of plus sixes, gut running. I was watching him again the last quarter still had heaps in the tank. So another person on a mission. Jack Zebel. Now the Kangaroos have started to improve and
0: that means uh, less scores for Jack Siebel and that D50 for the Kangaroos, 702k, Chip.
1: Yeah, look, I, again, I'm just a bit wary of evil and I think it's best to avoid him. Okay, Travis Boat,
0: 693k. I think there are other options that I would look at around that price range, Chip. Yeah, great. Christian Salem, probably too volatile at... This stage of the season, he does get targeted from opposition teams. I do like him, but man, when he puts up some sneakers there, it's probably an avoid for me.
1: Yeah, look, it's um, it's he's a case of high risk, high reward, and I just um, I don't think it's worth the risk personally. to Salem,
0: uh, Adam Chalor, keep him on the radar to finish out the season because he will have no ownership now. We know he can accumulate, but it's just I've got to imagine you've got to be thinking. How much can he accumulate in his first and second games back? So, whether it's uh, next week or the week after, he's got to be on the radar, Jep. He's at 692k, so he's pretty cheap there.
1: Yeah, but you still couldn't do it because he would need those a week or two to warm up to full match fitness, so I wouldn't.
0: Jaden Short, you know, if the Tiger's are going to concede inside 50s, Jaden Short's going to be in there, can put up a pretty decent ceiling there. Jep, 692k. Yeah, big fan of Short. I think that's a wise move. Tom Stewart. It looks like he's going to go for 150 like early in games. <laughs> Every week, just, yeah, <laughs> and it just slows down and then just accumulates at the end. Man, he he can potentially put up a, a 130, 140 spot in any one of these games to finish out the season. I love it. 690. k.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's kind of baffling how he doesn't get that junk time plus mm. six um, in the last three, three weeks. So. Come on, come on, Stewie, hopefully this week, hey?
0: Hugh McCluggage, bit of a um, unique there in that Brisbane team, 689K, but I'd be going up to lines if I can get there. Yeah, i yeah, 100%. Jack Lloyd, monster target last week. Um, I would probably, I do like him, but I would probably avoid, obviously the Swans are playing a different game plan this year, um, not hanging on to the ball around the 50, so... I would probably avoid him for the remainder of the season if you don't have him already, 6.88K. I do like him, but, you know, with ownership in there as well at the same time, I'm, I'm avoiding.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. He was the flavour of the week last week, so um, pending price and in your, in your currency situation, it would have been a factor, but now that he, he's been highly jumped on, you, you'd probably avoid it. And early in the podcast I did
0: mention to the listeners to say you've got to understand where ownership goes. Now, if a player puts up a monster score the previous week, you know that's going to attract ownership. It's just one oh one in fantasy. And that's where you really start to need really need to get into can you put holes in that player? And Lloyd, I would avoid for that situation of Holly Owned and the Swan's playing a fast game plan. Alright, so Dyson Heppel, six eighty four K can put up a pretty decent ceiling, Jeff.
1: Yeah, not a bad pick. You know, really left field. Um, not not a lot of ownership. Um, yeah, and bombers want to make finals.
0: Left field from the ruck situation. Todd Goldstein at six seventy eight k.
1: Oh, look, a, a Grundy to Goldstein or a Gordon to Goldstein is a, a ballsy move, but a worthy one. Um, at some point.
0: Tom Sheed, 678K, does have a ceiling, but you know the Eagles are starting to get uh, back with some rhythm with regards to Elliot Yeo in that midfield, Jep.
1: Yeah, I've never liked Sheed, just from a consistency point of view. He's never shown consistency in any year.
0: Daniel Rich does the kick-ins for the Lions. I do like it. Can put up a ceiling, but we want some bigger ceiling-type games, and he can be volatile at some situation. I do like it, but you know I think there are other options around that price range.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think he scores much over 110 ever, um, and it's always a mission to get to that point, so just be wary. Cole Langford,
0: due back likely this week, so just keep an eye out for that, 678K. But you've got to imagine, you know, with Shield in that team, you've got Merritt in that team, you've got Parrish in that team, you've got Langford in that team now back again, that he might not hit those scores that he was doing. And Stringer in there as well, that he might not hit those scores, Jep, so I don't like
1: yeah, a lot of mouse to feed now in the Bombers midfield. So, yeah, it's it's an avoid for Langford. Uh,
0: which is really important point, a lot of mouse to feed. So if you've got one or two players in there from a team that are just accumulating with ease, they're the targets. But if you get a lot of mouse to feed, as Jepp has said, you know, that could uh, create some type of volatility. All right, the next player there, I think it should be a target, Andrew Gaff, Jep, uh, 675k. I know we mentioned Dom Shee, but Gaff can get it done on the outside for the Eagles.
1: Look, he he seems like a different player last week. You know, lots of gut running. I watched him in the flesh and watched him off the ball a lot. And, yeah, looks to be free of any injury or any soreness. So I don't mind it.
0: Zach Turee, bit of a unique there in uh, defence for the Cats. He's playing at the moment 670k, Jeb. uh, Probably better options around that price range.
1: Yeah, no ceiling from Turee, so no. Jacob Hopper puts up a
0: pretty decent score then comes back with a, a short price result there last week. So he's at 667 k so too volatile for me, Jep.
1: Yeah, like Seedy's just not
0: consistent, so it's a pass. Jack Delacosha's getting some pretty decent scores up there, 66 k um, If you want to go a little bit left field, which is still OK, is Jack Delacosha's your option, Jip.
1: Oh, I wouldn't. I think that's a bit of a risk. I, he, yeah, he's a solid 80 and that's it.
0: Dylan Sheely's missed too much footy for me, six six four K, Jep. Nah, avoid him. Jack Viney, six six one K. Um, he's got some holes in that Melbourne midfield. He's not accumulator, so I would avoid.
1: Yep, agreed, mate. He um he's not the one gone, he's putting it down his throat. Now here's one player
0: that I'm actually really interested in, Jep, to finish out the year. It's because we know and we have seen a clear ceiling from him. It's Jaden Stevenson, six six zero K. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean Again, seeing him against West Coast a few weeks ago, he was phenomenal. Um, so, that half forward role, though, it, it, it can work really well. If North Melbourne are on, I would say yep, but you can't say North Melbourne are going to be on for the last four games consistently, so I wouldn't do it. Bailey Smith in that Bulldogs midfield, Jep, 6'59k,
0: uh, with Dunkley back. Uh, you've got Trelaw on the radar. I'm
1: yeah, another team with too many master feeds, so just be wary. Um, Bont, McRae and Dunkley are the three priorities. And the other one in there that gets
0: impacted probably now, Caleb Daniel Jep, 6.57k.
1: Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been consistent enough all year, has he, so why jump on now? Jordan Dawson for the Swans
0: has actually been quite good for the uh, Swannies there in defence, so 6.57k Jep.
1: Yeah, and playing up a bit of a wing at, at role at times, so... Um, Again, I don't think I've seen a consistent ceiling game from Dawson, so no
0: no dice. Tom Liberatore, so he's uh, got the in and under role for the Bulldogs. Um, can score, but it's just whether we see that consistent ceiling, I would say no. Jep, and is it
1: 656k? Yeah, he couldn't do it, not um, not with the personnel around him.
0: So Isaac Smith, he's in that mid forward status uh, for fantasy, so 654k, I don't mind it, Jep.
1: Yeah, well my left trade or left field move was trading Josh Kelly to Isaac Smith, didn't lose a point. They both uh, scored the same and pocketed hundred and forty odd grand. So I, I like the Isaac Smith move. He's another one that loves a plus six when Geelong are holding the ball, so keep an eye out for him. Brody
0: Smith, now if the Crows are gonna concede a stack of inside fifties to finish out the year, he can put up a decent ceiling jet. Six forty seven K, don't mind it.
1: Uh, no, I'd, I'd avoid it. If um, if he gets a 51 week, it's really going to hurt you. So I can't see him being consistently good.
0: Yeah, Luke Ryan there, 645k, now becoming way too volatile for me. Yeah, agreed. Taron Thomas, unfortunately out for concussion protocol this week. Can you believe it? So he was a little bit of a target in that top 25 last week, 642k. If you can bench him and find another player to upgrade to mid-pricer and to cover him for a week... I wouldn't mind doing that option, but yeah, unlucky for those people that do own Taryn Thomas Jep.
1: Yeah, it's just a wait and see with Thomas now, but um, another player probably for next year. Way left field mid defender, Harry
0: Perryman Jep, 641k.
1: Oh, look, I don't mind it. And I, yeah, I find that um, Perryman should get more of the ball than Cumming does sometimes. So yeah, it, it's. There are worse picks than Perryman. One coach in that top
0: 25 does own Perryman, so I did find that quite interesting, and I did like it. So Nick, Nate, Nui this probably doesn't play enough game time for me, and 6.39K, jet. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. Not enough output from Nick, Nat, especially
0: at this time of year. If you're looking to go down from Gorn to Rolly O'Brien, 6.37K, he is.
1: Well, look, there are, again... It seems crazy, but you got to make the crazy moves to gain ground, and obviously you can bite in the backside far worse. So, oh, I mean, is it this week, is it next week? I'm, I'm definitely going to probably do it in the last couple of rounds. Now, Josh Kennedy for
0: Sydney. Jep, he posted 125 points last week, and that is going to attract ownership. So can we put holes in this one now? So my thoughts on this would be that Callum Mills was out of that team, um, and therefore Kennedy was the ball-getter last week. So yeah. Mills, back into that team this week, I would assume that Mills takes over his regular spot in that midfield, So and Kennedy hasn't seen a really high percentage in that midfield this year. So I wouldn't be targeting Kennedy there. I do like it, but I wouldn't be targeting, and I've got to assume people are going to look at those scores, and it's Fantasy 101. People look at scores. They don't look at the reasons why someone scored. So for me... I'm going to avoid for potential ownership target this week is Josh Kennedy at 637k. Jump.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. You know, Mills affects Kennedy's dynamics of possession. So yeah, it's it's just a wait and see.
0: Lockie Hunter, too much ownership in that top 25 there for me. 634k. Don't mind it, but yeah, look, again, as you said, a lot of Mills to feed.
1: Yeah, agreed. This he's just not been the the player I expected to be when I traded him in. He's not probably scored. Twice over 100. Stephen Cornelio was actually
0: managed last week with a token turn. So for me, even if he comes back this week, I am completely avoiding him for the remainder of the season. But you've got to imagine he's going to put up a, he's going to be highly owned to start next year, Jip.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's going to keep going down in price and he's average and all that. So another one to watch for next year. Sam
0: Menegola, 620K. A lot of plus sixes at the Cats, Jep, So... You know, it's not that much left field. He can score, but are we going to see those 100 top games from
1: him? Yeah, potentially, but with Isaac Smith and Guthrie, I think they're the two main ones, but it can bob up, though. Callum Ward,
0: the fact that he was actually managed and then came back into the team for <laughs> Stephen Cornelio, I mean, get the hell out of there if you own Callum Ward.
1: Yeah, he's obviously sore and not moving well. There's, there's something going on, so... Um I think uh, Oliver's winery's got him and a couple others up there.
0: Elliot Yo, he's starting to get his groove back on, and Adam Simpson did say so in his post-game presser last week. So for me, at six twelve k, it screams value. I don't mind it. The, it
1: seriously, again, watching him uh, off off the ball, he is on a mission to be a physical midfielder. So. He's aiming for 10 tackles a week and whatever in and under possessions he gets. So it's not a bad pick, guys, honestly.
0: Adam Chera. Now, Nat Five out for the remainder of the season. Chera starts put up, putting up decent numbers. I've got to imagine that he's going to be in that midfield to finish out the season. But he's got the extra added incentive is that he's up for contract renewal. So can we see him put up a few monsters games to finish the season, based on a complete narrative that he's up for a contract renewal. So 611k, Jeb, I don't mind. It's a little bit risky, but I don't mind it.
1: Is it a narrative that he's already going back to Melbourne? I think that's the narrative, and 3A know it. So, yeah, I, I'm i not going to go near that.
0: Nick Newman, 607k, too volatile for Egypt.
1: Yeah, again, he's proved that over the last month, up and down, like a yeah.
0: Isaac Cumming, if you selected him at round one, congrats. Love the pick. Love the pick all year. Still like him right now, 607K. I wouldn't target him. Highly owned yet.
1: Isaac Cumming has been the pick of the season from from round one. So if you had Isaac Cumming from then to now, you would be guaranteed top 500 coach. So um, he is just, yeah, expectation, but you can't get him now exactly.
0: David... Monday. Now, he scores 50 last week, but again, no nat 5. So, is he going to be in that midfield accumulating, which we know he can? It's a bit of a left field pick, so 6.06k, Jep.
1: No, I couldn't do it. He's uh, on the wrong side of 30 by a long way.
0: Brandon Parfit, 6.06k. Cats uh, plenty of plus sixes, but, you know, uh, we've got Guthrie in there, and we've got uh, Isaac Smith in there, we've got plenty of other players probably taking out what he could potentially get, Jep.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not going near Parfit at all.
0: Tim Kelly was assessed uh, for a knee concern uh, last couple of weeks, so that's one to avoid for me, uh, for Kelly, based on a potential injury concern, Jip.
1: Yeah, and I think Yo's the pick ahead of um, Kelly, in my opinion. And Toby Green,
0: covered protocol last week, so he returns, you know, can score, and we need forward options, Jip.
1: Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at it. Um, I don't necessarily like the Port Adelaide matchup, especially with uh, big Alira Alira coming across and cutting off his, his marking. So, But, you know, you've got to live and die by the sword. If you're going to be different with the Pendleby trade, I think Green is a far better option than Marshall this week.
0: Jordan Ridley, okay in defence, Jeff. A little bit of ownership there, so
1: I probably would avoid 604K. Yeah, it's just he's still not going. There's no wow factor with Ridley, so ownership, why go there? And Jeremy Howell,
0: he returns for the Mate Pies this year. Zero ownership. And Jeremy Howell, he returns for the Mate Pies this week. 603k. He can score, but we're going to pick him first up, Jep.
1: Oh, you could. I mean, I found him as um, Pendlebury's favourite player uh, at times. So let's see what, he does, what Robert Harvey does with him first before we pull that lever.
0: So if... Jack Crisp is going to that midfield and Howe is going back into defence and Cologne are going to play that similar type game style for the remainder of the season. You've got to expect they're going to get, see the stack of inside 50s. So I'd probably give Howe one week and just to see what I, he comes up with this week, Jep.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, he's definitely a target from in the last three rounds, but not not yet.
0: Steel side bottom, was moved into that midfield with the Pendles injury, but still I'm avoiding, he might even be a target this week, Jeff, I would imagine, 5.96k.
1: Oh, again, that's one of these sideways from Pendles, I think yeah, fair enough, makes sense West Coast Oh look um, uh, Hutchings could go to him, he has done before so wouldn't rule it out um, but uh, yeah, well, I think too much for yeah. me yeah, there's, there's just too much risk with age and, and early cotton wool.
0: Matthew Kennedy uh, was quite poor last week. The Blues were actually quite poor all around after half time. 594k, definitely not a trade target yet, but what do you do if you got him?
1: Oh, how frustrating he is watching David Teague just um, mix and match his, his players and he'd use a midfield as a key forward at times. I mean, mm. crazy. Uh, frustrating, hopefully McKay's back and he can get back to his ways, but you just wouldn't trade him in at this point. So for those that didn't see the
0: game, Patrick Cripp started at full forward, obviously no Harry McKay so uh, Cripps started some full forward, doesn't work early, Cripps goes in that midfield and he swaps directly with Matthew Kennedy, so if, if McKay doesn't get up for this week, I've got to imagine you've got to get Kennedy the hell out of your team,
1: Oh, it's 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 to me it's laughable. Wouldn't you replace a forward with a forward? Like it I just don't I don't understand it. Um yeah.
0: Well, I understand the injury list is monster. So that's why they've actually got very little option. So that's the reason why they play Crips full forward is their injury list. Is, they've actually decimated the Blues, unfortunately, at this stage of the year. All right, Jet, we're going to go on to pretty much what could be the target of this week is Rowan Marshall. I think uh, based on ownership, I'm, I'm not going there whatsoever, 584K.
1: That's the only reason to put you off, okay? And we're all about overall rank. We, we say it a thousand times, um, but he can still score well. So it's yep. it's not discounting his, his scoring potential where Pete and I are off him because of everyone's gonna well half of the group are gonna nab him this week, that's why.
0: So at his price at five eighty four K, I think it screams value everywhere. But ownership I'm just going out and somewhere else and just hopefully there's a file for Marshall and uh, yeah, you can potentially pick up a player that can score, you know, 30, 40 points more than him. OK, Patrick Cripps, uh, based on his start at full-forward last week and Harry McKay, it's definitely uh, one to avoid there for me. Uh, I like him at that price, 565k, but he looks really slow, Jeb. Obviously, he's had a pretty injury-riddled season, so for me, uh, value pick, yes, but no, I'm not going there at all. No, he couldn't do it, not with David Teague pulling strings. Jack Bowe's there, 565k, D50 for the Gold Coast Suns. I do like it. It's value for me.
1: Yeah, he's been disappointing the last couple of weeks. He he should have really perked up his scores, and again, probably needs to command the ball a little bit more and and, and really demand it from his teammates. So no for me now.
0: Now early in the year, Isaac Kenny had a pretty decent result, and that resulted in a spike in ownership. You've got to imagine there's going to be a little bit of a spike in ownership. This week with Heaney after his monster game last week against Fremantle. Now, Fremantle were quite poor after quarter time and just Heaney went to town on them. Um, it's against the Bombers this week who really aren't strong uh, lockdown team or defensively um, can lock down on an opponent forward. Lock- Heaney is. So he can put up a pretty decent score this week. He can hit a ceiling game again, I would imagine. 564K to finish out the year. However, Jeb, I don't mind it. But, you know, people are going to look at that score and think that's potentially what they could get for the remainder of the season. I would temper expectations. But, yeah, I don't mind this pick.
1: I don't mind it either because I find when Heaney plays well, more often than not, Sydney wins. So let's. Ex- I'm expecting the ball to be in Heaney's hands a little more um, and, a, and a target inside 50. So, yeah, don't mind it at all. Yeah, if you've only got a choice
0: between, say, a Marshall and a Heaney, I'm going to Heaney for sure. Okay, we're going on to Chad Wingard now. Zero ownership there whatsoever. He's another one in that probably conversation. Five, five, four, KJ. Ah,
1: uh, look, you know, he couldn't do it. He, he's not been at at his best all season. So why would he start now?
0: Okay, the other one that struggled here is Dan Houston. You know, if you have got some trades up your sleeve this week, I would probably be making the move because the scores just haven't been there in recent weeks uh, based on his seeing a lot of ball on the outside, but, you know, not inside midfield usage and not also um, D50 usage. So these scores have dried up somewhat. 5 5 zero K, I'm getting the hell out of there.
1: Arguably one of my worst trade-ins of the year, Houston. But uh, he did look better last week, a little bit more behind the ball. So... If you like me and got no choice and you have to hold him, then, yeah, he should go all right. So the thing that
0: I can remember back, you know he's had those shoulder concerns this year, and I remember listening to some interviews and uh, with Ken Hinckley and the assistant coaches and even Dan Houston himself, is that they tried to keep him playing but protect him with regards to the hits to his shoulder. So you've got to imagine that's got to be playing into some part into his role as an outside wing-type midfielder. Uh, the last few weeks, which has impacted his scoring. So, you know, they're managing him through the finals. So you've got to imagine uh, once they get the finals, that he might see a bit of a role change. But yeah, uh, his shoulder injuries this year have meant a change in role, jet.
1: Yeah, so. unfortunately, it has. Um, the signs were there when we did trade him in, you know, about what six weeks ago.
0: So Caleb Sarong again with his nat 5 injury. So there's one player who's a little bit of a target early in this season, especially pre-season, and his scores just haven't been there. We know he can play a run-with role in that midfield free medal. Is he finally going to have a bit of a breakout to finish out the season? Chip, is it 5-4-5K? Five, five
1: I think he should be, and this is just my opinion, let off the leash, mm-hmm. get a bit of confidence in this last month of footy, or beyond, you know, free can still make the finals, and and go into the pre- next year's pre-season with far more confidence than if he played a run-with role, locked down, and really didn't, you know, play the way he wanted to. So I'm expecting Sarong to do what he should have done all the year right now.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. Like, if you're really struggling to get up to some of those uh, more expensive uh, picks than Sarong, that, you know, he might be an option. But, yeah, you're, you're putting a... Um, you're throwing your line in the water, and hopefully you can catch gold there. Another player that's seen a bit of an increase in midfield usage recently is uh, Harry Schoenberg. So I was big on him throughout his junior career and leading into the draft, and he's seen an increase uh, in midfield usage, and he's putting out some scores, yet, which are quite notable from a fantasy perspective. So 527k, I don't mind the pick down at this price, yet.
1: Yeah, me neither. I think it's it's a worthy pick, but um, it's, you know, likely for next year again, uh, I think is the wise move. And, um, yeah, it, if, if there can just be that sudden role change with Schoenberg, so he, they might not back him in against a bont or someone like that. So it, it could be back to normal and then, yeah, it's
0: going to hurt. Tough matchup this week, however. All right, so one player that sort of up there in age, but with Dustin Martin out of that team, Cotchen has Trent Cochin has actually put up a couple of reasonable scores. So 524k. We know he's going to get uh, centre bounce usage, Jep. So if you're really, really struggling for coin and, and can only get up to like a Trent Cochrane type, it's not bad, but I wouldn't be expecting any 120 type scores.
1: No, you just can't do a Cochrane. No way. Uh, avoid. Last play
0: in this group, Jep, and it's been a pretty decent group. So Tom Hawkins. So I've gone through his final four uh, scheduled games currently at this stage. So it's North Melbourne and Hobart. So Hobart's a little bit of a tough ground for four forwards. So even though the matchup is ideal, uh, you've got to be looking in that weather. There's a little bit of a concern there as well. So it's, I'm not really locking the matchup this week uh, based on that and the ground conditions. Uh, GWS can be a bit of a lockdown team through that midfield, so whether he gets enough opportunities forward in his next game, St. Kilda can be okay defensively. You know, Saints have given up plenty of scores so um, at at times throughout the year when they've been poor, but they were really good on the weekend, so I'm not really liking that matchup either. Uh, He can get it going in all three of those games I mentioned previously, and he's got a pretty tough matchup to finish out the year, um, against Melbourne. So for me, for Tom Hawkins, and we know he starts to targets key forwards at this time of year, um, I'm really not liking his finish for the season, Jeff.
1: Yeah, the only downside of it, and I'm a bit of an advocate for Hawkins at this time of year, is he, I think he kicked four goals and still scored in the 90s. So when, you want him, when, when he's kicking four goals you really want him to go 110 and that wasn't the equation, so that's really the only risk here. Um, but Oh, look, simple footy, mid, you know, ruck tap, centre clearance, kick it to your big full forward, and he's the only target down there at the minute. So it's been different, and um, it's just whether he hits these 120 games, which is more unlikely than likely.
0: Okay, to finish off the podcast, Jet, we're going to do some listener requests. Time to play like or dislike. Thank you for sending those in. Again, an eight-pack. So we're just going to zip through these really quickly. So Daniel Rich, uh, like for me.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I just, look, it's the non-ceiling games, okay? So I'm targeting players with a ceiling, and the only thing that Rich doesn't have is those ceiling games. Braden any like for me. Yeah, love. Danny Houston,
0: dislike. Yep, yeah, dislike as well. Dane Zorko, like for me. Yep, yeah, love it. Rowan Marshall, dislike. Ownership spike coming.
1: Yeah, agree with what you just said there, mate. Dislike.
0: Still side bottom, Magpies could move a few players around to finish at the season. Obviously, no finals this year. Dislike for me.
1: No dislike too.
0: Darcy Parrish. no one's going to target him this week. Jip, like for me.
1: Oh no, dislike. He's still highly owned in that top, you
0: know, thousand. So no dislike. Andrew Gaff, like for me. Not much ownership.
1: Yeah, no, I like it too. I um, he just looked different on the weekend. So love it.
0: Well, Jeff, that's it for this podcast. So, final thoughts heading into round twenty.
1: Oh, look, it's just daring to be different now, taking a risk. Um, you know, no, nothing gained, nothing lost. There's, you've just got to go now, um, be different, try gain ground, and um, have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, for me, again, identify who is the ownership target for this week, and move off to somewhere else. All right, Jeff, so that's it for episode 105. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.